Hey gamers, this is Jason, and I think Tactics Ogre is better than Final Fantasy Tactics. Fight me. Hi, it's me, the 25 hours you wasted looking for all those damn Stardust and Legend of Dragoon, Casey. And I'm all the regret and anguish you got from buying and playing Quest 64, Patrick. Welcome to RP Gamer Episode 9, a podcast about the RPG graveyard where games go to die. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, real talk. I like Quest 64, so I don't know. That's a little rude. Real, real <laughs> talk. Funny. You're a fuck up failure, and okay. you've been canceled okay. by the world. Whoa. Asterisk. I did not have a PlayStation, and there's oh. like literally two games on the N64 that were RPGs, and I thought Quest was cool. You have visited well, in your that's collection. That's very sad. Yeah. It's, see, it's a very sad. Sorry, what was that? Oh, I just asked if it was in your collection, if you own it. Uh, actually, it is. My my friend gave it to me. I I mean, it's not bad it's just not like no it's good it's, it's, it's i, I see why it's in the graveyard <laughs> yeah it spawned a game boy original game boy like s- sequel and that was it. i'm gonna keep this in in some capacity so that way people can hear how you have terrible taste in games <laughs> okay anyways why don't you describe this episode i'm just gonna sit over here <laughs> gamers welcome to our ninth episode we are almost done with the season it's kind of crazy because it's gone so fast but this time we wanted to talk about something i think very intimate to a lot of us and maybe to you because i think many of us have played games or game series that are no longer with us and it's such an extensive and fortunate list what do you guys (laughs) think was this like a problem is this an epidemic are we noticing that some of our faves are just kind of disappearing or never to be heard from again well ever since the disappearance of quest 64 i've never been (laughs) it's a bad um... game i think that's all you're going to talk about no i mean yeah, this is the Quest 64 um, uh, episode. This is going to be fantastic. Quest if you troll, if you troll this episode, I'm ju- just literally going to mute you from here. Like, I'll just, <laughs> just cut me out. Yeah. Everyone in the Discord is going to be like, wait, where's Jason? He's not there. If, when okay, the- anyways. To- yeah, he's so- a ghost. <laughs> so to actually answer your question, um, I feel like the, there's an inevitability of games going into this graveyard where producers, developers, whomever just lose interest or really the sales aren't good. And it kind of sucks, especially if you like the game. What were some of your early RPG memories in general? So, like, this might be before a time of cancellation for a lot of these. Like, we know and we talked about before that Final Fantasy was the first RPG for me. But um, Mm -hmm. I actually have more vivid and impactful memories of games like Lufia or Shining Force or Fantasy Star, you know, like. Not that Final Fantasy was super impactful, but I had like very other series that were very other. I had a lot of series (laughs) that were very strong in the memories, too. Um, What were some of your guys' earlier ones? Mine was primarily Final Fantasy. I think uh, in first grade, we my aunt lived with us and she had a PlayStation and she had Final Fantasy seven. And um, I played I couldn't get past the Shinra Tower part um, when you're trying to rescue Aerith. And I remember later in that mm. school year, we had to write like a book in first grade. And I and I basically stole the the plot 
of the first like five hours of Final Fantasy. <laughs> and because I didn't know what happened, I created this superhero, superhero, like woman, female villain who like flew in with her caped arms and kidnapped Jesse, Tifa and Aerith. And from there on, I just like <laughs> became kind of obsessed with with Final Fantasy. And that kind of turned into a love for RPGs. And I'd spend like summers playing with my best friend. I'm sure the story that you wrote, the plot was a lot more consistent than uh, um, the actual, actual Final Fantasy. Yeah, it, was, so it was honestly pretty, good, pretty, you. pretty spot on until I didn't know what happened anymore. And I stupidly had it like up until like through high school. And then like I gave it to a boyfriend who we broke up not long after. So I, he might still have it, but I have no idea. Well, if you're listening, please return that book to Casey. <laughs> it, it was pretty great. Yeah, for for me, um, I think I have like two distinct memories. The, f- the first one is um, on the Sega Genesis. They had this like six pack game or it was six games all in one. And one of them was Fantasy Star 2. Mm-hmm. And I was like six years old, so I didn't, didn't know what it was. I just thought it was weird how like the enemies looked at you and you could like fight them. And then I'm like, this isn't Sonic. And then I would change <laughs> this it. Isn't Sonic. Um, but I was always kind of intrigued, like because it looked cool. And I was like, this is neat. There's lots of words here. But I think my earliest, earliest where I can really feel like I got into it was with my cousin um, at his place. We played Super Mario RPG on the SNES oh, I love and that game. was cool. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. And uh, it, it was just such a neat way to play Mario. And it was really unique. And honestly, what caught me most was probably the visuals. But uh, I remember just thinking like, oh, it's so cool. Like, why would anyone level up and not pick anything other than HP? And like, I was <laughs> starting to learn like how how the system like worked. And I think ever since then, I really, really enjoyed RPGs. And sadly, um, Super Mario RPG in its entire form at base isn't really around anymore. Um, and I feel like that's what we're going to talk about a lot today. So did you all play any game series that are no longer around that you really enjoyed? I looked a list of just like PS1, Super Nintendo, Sega, GameCube, you know, just so many different RPG lists, even all the way up through PS2. And um, I think I played almost all of them, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) even if it was just like I rented it from we didn't have Blockbuster at the time in Canada. We had the semi sketchy racist uh, Bandito video. Um, But (laughs) God, (laughs) uh, yeah, I think in some capacity, like if you look at the list of PS1 RPGs or Super Nintendo or whichever system I played almost all of them. So I'm not going to talk about them all right now. But as we go through the episode, I'm going to hit on as many as I can. How about you, Casey? Yeah, there's yeah, there's there's a few that uh, I really loved. Uh, I, I'll just probably just say a couple for now. But um, I earlier before we recorded, you you read off your list. And did you say did you um, include Baton Kados, the card game on GameCube? Oh yeah. Yes. Game okay. Cube. Yeah. That that one I I really liked it and the sequel and then um probably uh probably Zenosaga those the the three episodes for that that were on PS2. Those are good. Uh, good memories with those. What about you, Jason? Did you play some? And if so, what were some of your favorites? Yeah, definitely. I think as you go through multiple generations, like Patrick, you said, oh, from PS1 to PS2, like you're talking about ten years of games and stuff there. So you can pretty much get an entire series that is just like seen its its heyday and has like filtered out. Um, I mean, for me, I think some of the standouts besides obviously Quest 64 uh, is uh, I really like Parasite Eve on PS1. And we haven't seen that really come back. And uh, that was such a cool game. And it just it really stood out to me. Yeah, Parasite Eve is a huge one for me as well. Uh, Like 
Yeah, so cool. This is an example of a game, and this was on my list of one of my favorites for sure. I was like the perfect Mm -hmm. blend of genre. You know, I I can't think of any horror RPGs outside of Kudelka. Um, Shadow Hearts, so yeah, and it, 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 it. well, Sh- Shadow Hearts is the Kudelka series. Oh, that starts with Kudelka. Got you. Yeah. So, uh, but like Parasite Eve, you know, aside from the terrible uh, PS, was it v- P- Vita or PSP? PSP. Not- PSP. Yeah, not that third, it matters. It was it was third bad. birthday. I mean, like yeah. that that game, like the first two are just great. Yeah, like it's modern, cool, and, and it, yeah, it, it's so neat. Like I felt like with that series specifically, it really sort of blended what at the time I thought was how you did um, like zombie shooters like Resident Evil and like the the kind of the item management like do I want to fire my gun or not and this sort of sense like that sort of sense of um, scarcity and dread and it mixed it well with basically Final Fantasy and I thought it was it was cool and like oh man it just sucks that it's not around anymore. One of my favorites I kind of mentioned it is you know it started with Kudelka and not many people are with are familiar with Kudelka, but a lot of people mm-hmm. are familiar with Shadow Hearts. Yes. And this was one of my favorite series as well. Again, it's another one that kind of takes place in a history very similar to ours, though. You know, it kind of dates back before Parasite Eve took place because Parasite Eve could be now or it could have been in the 90s. It had that kind of vibe, maybe not so much now because there were payphones, but uh, <laughs> um <laughs> Shadow Hearts is was yeah. cool because it tried to use a lot of real world places and historical events and mythology mm-hmm. to tell the story. But it was also very horror and mythos based, which I thought was really cool. Um, it was very dark. And the further you got into the series, I kind of see why maybe it wasn't around anymore because it kind of got a little a lot sillier. Um, they kind of mm-hmm. not not the like the first few didn't have a sense of humor because they did, but I just feel like it was at its strongest when it really played on the dark tones as opposed to the humor tones. But if you want something that's really cool and unique, that 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 is that is a great series. What's another one of your favorites, Casey? Um, I I I recently I think I I told told you this like not in a podcast but i was i've been playing lost odyssey um on my my oh yeah new xbox oh yeah and, mm-hmm. um it's it's from miss walker it's literally one of the only rpgs i've never played yeah I really it's really, really wish it's I could. really good it's i i have trouble going back now to like older games just because there's so many new games <laughs> to play so i, I right, don't get back right. to the backlog yeah yeah exactly i don't get to back I don't get to like older games very often, but Lost Odyssey is great. And it does some some interesting things combat wise that it's I mean, it's still turn based, but you kind of have to be more present because you have to hit buttons in a certain time. It's kind of kind of similar somewhat to Legend of Dragoons time timing based attacks. Um, Not quite the same, but there's sort of a, a synergy, I think, between the two. And it kind I of has like a, a sure. sort of humor humor to it. Um which which I like. It's it's kind of goofy, um, but but not like overly silly. Like I think you were saying, Shadow Hearts gets. But I feel like I watched a retrospective on it too, and I wasn't the intent that it was supposed to be one of the Final Fantasy sequels because it's made by Final Fantasy creators, oh, right? Um, I'm not sure. I know it's Mist Walker, but I'm not sure specifically the people within the within the team at the time if they were from Square or anything. 
for some reason i don't i, I remember watching a retrospective on that game because it's probably it's so one of those where i've just been kind of interested in it, it has those vibes like yeah it, it, very much if you yeah, if you told me that that was the final fantasy game I would I would believe you. Yeah. I, I believe you more than Final Fantasy 13 being a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, <laughs> it's the side by side comparison. Yeah. Uh, well, I think a, a series that I, I miss a lot and I, it's very similar to Final Fantasy. And I did it in our, our intro. Uh, have you guys played Ogre Battle? Yeah, that series at all. I have not. God, I, I love Ogre Battle. What, and what did you oh, good? I was just thinking I was a tactics guy. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy Tactics. I, I think that like Ogre Battle is, I mean, it's largely a, a tactics game. It's not really like a traditional Final Fantasy, but I just, I thought it was really cool. And again, I love the art style. It was really neat. It released on the PlayStation 1, SNES, and, um, and 64, uh, 64 yeah. actually had, a, yeah, had, had one. And uh, it was so cool. And I thought, again, at the time, kind of like how I experienced um, my early RPGs where I was learning what it was. I thought the game series was hella complicated, but for some reason I was just dedicated to figuring it out, like how to make those formations and their battalions and their legions and like how to progress forward in the game series or in the in the game. And uh, it, it was just so fun and rewarding. And it was the kind of the one of the founding moments for like, oh, I, I like this. Like this is how you dedicate time and your time invested makes you feel more like fulfilled by beating the game. It was it was so cool. That's kind and of the beauty God, of those older games since... is that, you know, you. Yeah, you were talking about you couldn't exactly figure it out because you were younger but it challenged you mm -hmm. to learn what was going on and then that's something that i really like about some of the older games that we're going to be talking about is that's what made us love them so much because we felt like we were accomplishing something versus these like stupid tutorials that we mm -hmm. have to go yeah. through now and you have to like confirm that you went through the tutorial in order <laughs> to play a game like it just yeah exactly it's a big strength of what made you know these games that were trying new things that weren't just your standard rpg fair um you know that were doing something else but one other thing about ogre battle is there were a couple entries beyond what you said it's just that's when they mm -hmm. transitioned to being looking more like final fantasy tactics uh final fantasy yeah. tactics instead yeah. of uh what they were because they had a game boy advanced release game boy advanced version and a yeah. ps P or Vita, one of the two release, yeah. and those were more yeah. akin to Final Fantasy Tactics as opposed to what Ogre Battle originally started as. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think uh, the Final Fantasy, I'm sorry, the uh, PSP version is actually, I want to say it's a remaster yes. of the original one. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and I, I literally, I do think it's a better game than Final Fantasy Tactics. It's just straight up better, in my opinion. Um, and it looks exactly the same. So, like, if you see them side by side, you'd think they're probably the same game. But I think it's just so much more smooth. And the PSP version is the one you should get. Like, don't literally do not pay $500 to pay the SNES one. Just pay like 40 to play the PSP one. Oh, yucks. Uh, yikes. Yeah, it's so much better. And I, I think to your point, too, it's may maybe not so much Ogre Battle, but RPGs that did something different really stood out to me. And those were the ones that were super fun. So like, yeah, I mentioned um, Parasite Eve. But another one that is way more unique and no one's probably heard of it is Dragon Valor on the PS1. And it's essentially like a side-scrolling beat-em-up set in medieval times, but it's an RPG. Oh, wow. Like, you you still swing swords, you level up, you get uh, new items. Like, it's a very generic quest line that you go through. But it was really cool. And I, I see why it didn't catch on, because it kind of sucked. But you know me, I love games that kind of suck. And it, it was just <laughs> neat. It was neat. And I think playing Final Fantasies and, and Dragon Quests over and over, seeing something different and being like, hey, this is an element of what I like, it, it made me more intrigued to play those new types of games. Okay, I've rambled for a little bit and I'm gushing about my old games. But uh, Patrick, what about you? Do you have anything else? Yeah, so actually these two series are a little similar in what they do. But um, 
this one is my favorite series like that's not final fantasy or dragon quest basically so those smaller lesser known series wild arms will always mm-hmm. be one of my favorites it i think it stands i knew you were gonna bring yeah, up wild arms at of some course point. i mean you, you know <laughs> yeah. it you know me well enough mm. it stands the test of time of a good game like i think you can always play a wild arms uh whether that's the remake of the original or if you can get past the graphics of the original because it did a lot of things that you weren't seeing in rpgs at the time um some of that is just plot that made sense that worked (laughs) and you could follow it uh which wild arms 2 (laughs) that's pretty critical (laughs) wild arms 2 is maybe the exclusion on that but the rest of the wild arms plots are very solid and easy to follow um and they also added puzzle elements in rpgs and very few yeah that's true rpgs before that um had anything akin to legends of zelda so i mean like it's still turn-based combat and whatnot but when you went to dungeons you had special items that you would use to get through the dungeon and some of them well, I would say like would push the limits like you weren't doing anything stupidly crazy, but it really did make you think of how am I going to tackle this dungeon just like you would in the Legends of Zelda game. And I always thought that that was mm-hmm. just very brilliant because I hate playing an RPG where you're just walking through a cave and you're not doing it <laughs> and just wailing on enemies. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying that like. It contextually makes sense in Wild Arms because you're going in these like runes and whatnot where you'd have to use these items to get through. Or if it's a cave, you might just be like bombing uh, blockades to get through and thinking of different ways to get your bombs where you need to or whatever. um, It's not like this like person's house that has all these like stupid traps in it or anything like that that you see in some games where you're like who would live here what who would live here yeah like it's it's nothing like how would you not set this off when you get your coffee in the morning yeah so i really appreciate that that you know for the most part contextually it made sense um and then the other one did something similar and it's another big series that i really like that i think is um often misunderstood the further you get into it and that's breath of fire Mm. um I think it's just a solid series all around. I think anything that it didn't do well was more of a localization issue than it was the games, because I know the earlier games localizations were really bad, um, but the gameplay still holds up pretty well, aside from being random encounter heavy. Um, And where something like Final Fantasy might've gone dark, Breath of Fire would usually go light. So you go Mm -hmm. like a lot more vibrant, um, locales that you were going to and oh, your cool. companions were usually some form of animal variation i thought that was really cool instead of just everything being human 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 so yeah there's just something really magical about some of these older series that we don't see anymore that i don't feel like i can tell you the identity of these games but some newer rpgs that are coming out i can't tell you what their identity is yet uh i think you answered this question before but i'm dumb and i forgot uh, are all of the breath of fires sequential or are they like final fantasy where they're all their own story there so some of them are sequels to each other and then some of them like breath of fire is one and two at least in the sense of there's like a time gap between when a lot of things happen but it's like not the same people if that makes sense hmm. But like two comes after one yeah. in like the same world. Ish, yeah. ish. Like it's not quite the same world, okay. but like they do reference some things. Or in Breath of Fire 3, they reference like a war that happened several thousands of years ago that was the plot mm. of Breath of Fire 1. 
but it's but so cool. it's i'd say it's a little bit more akin to um final fantasy Dragon quest um <laughs> with the like there's always going to be a Biggs and there's always going to be a Wedge. Like there's always a Ryu. There's always a, a Nina. Um, you know, there's always someone who can turn into yeah. a dragon. So it, it's kind of a little bit more like that than it is. These are sequential games. You could pick up any of them at any point and it's a, it's a self-contained game. It's just like picking up a Final Fantasy and like, oh, there's a guy named Sid and multiple. <laughs> that, that's kind of what it, the closest Got it. comes to. Got it. Um, do you... So did you guys start any of these games after they were canceled or did you just kind of play them as they came? Mostly played as they came. I, I uh, tend, to, I think I've said this already, but it's just hard to find time to go back. But, so, but Lost Odyssey, I, I was like, kind of like with you, like you're not really much of an Xbox person. I hadn't had an Xbox since definitely not <laughs> since high school and mm-hmm. just game pass. There's just so many things on there and, I thought I'd give it a shot, Lost Odyssey, and um, it's definitely like grabbed its hooks into me, and it's. I think I'll I'll end up beating it at some point. I think for me, I have an extensive backlog of games, believe it or not, and for a lot of them, it's a lot of uh, the like the previous generation that I didn't get to until like much later. So, for example, um, I really like Fable. That's a really cool series you don't see anymore, and I played that well well after it was like done and i yeah, thought it was pretty cool and Fable that was a fun too when we were in college and i feel like that was our last year yeah it was our last year and it was already been out for like three or four years because i just got an xbox from rags thanks rags. that's right uh and uh yeah and then i went back and played then i played fable one then i played fable three then i played like one of the spinoffs which was trash and that's why it probably ended <laughs> but it it was it was cool and like it was it was really fun and i didn't feel like i was really missing anything i think that it's just kind of like well i got to it and i could say i've experienced it and and another similar one too i kind of keep in the same vein because it was at one time xbox exclusive was um mass effect oh yeah so i definitely got to that one after i i played one and two like after three released <laughs> and then um i played three and it's it's cool i think i think i don't i don't really care about catching up into the hype of everything and i mean i did not collect or play video games on the snes ps1 like i did not have money i was a little baby so it's just it is it is what it is. I think I just always enjoyed them for what they were. And just it's my own game. I liked it whenever I played it. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, what about you? you? You've played so many older games. I'm sure you didn't play them all when you were when you were young. Actually did. Um, <laughs> so I came out of the womb holding an yes. SNES controller. It was great. Well, it came out of the womb holding an Atari controller. Get your age right. Oh, um, you're not that old. I was just being nice. Yeah, <laughs> um, so I was fortunate enough to play a lot of the games as they were coming out. Um, even though we were hella poor, um, partially because of renting video games. So <laughs> I didn't actually own any of the Final Fantasies until Final Fantasy seven. Um, like my cousin would lend me his Super Nintendo, which is kind of a part of it. Um, and we okay, I just I just games. have this image in my head right now of, of really young Patrick sitting at a table and your your mom is like, all right, Patrick, where you need to either. <laughs> eat dinner this week or get final and fantasy the and then final you're like final fantasy and just Same. screaming with a fork and knife in your hand <laughs> just, just um, into also you yeah, talked right? you and yeah. i talked about this a little bit too jason where i haven't uh i don't i didn't keep games when i was younger because i wasn't in a position where i could mm, keep mm-hmm. games so i think like the first two rpgs i probably actually owned were 
Shining Force 2 and Fantasy Star 4. And, you know, we had to use those Classics. to trade up to the PS1 and get Final mm. Fantasy 7. So there was a lot of cycling up until college or uh, when I, you know, had a job while I was in school and was able to just kind of keep buying games as I yeah, as I went yeah. on. I'd say like probably PS2 late high school when I was working, you know, while in high school. And I was like, okay, I have an income. I don't have to worry about trading up anymore, which, you know, it's sad because a lot of these games, they are being re-released, but there's something about playing them in their, you know, original format, which is really cool. Yeah, totally. Uh, so I think, um, th- I don't think there's anything wrong with like trading up, like you said, because I feel like as a collector, like, yeah, I want to I want to keep them. But really what I want to do is to have people like play and experience games. And I feel like knowing like I can trade this RPG to get like another one is pretty cool. And like, I'm glad you did it because I feel like it, it formed you for who you are and, and how you like the games that you like. Um, it's definitely one of those yeah. things where pre this whole remaster era we're going through. If I wanted mm-hmm. to, I probably could have turned a several thousand dollar profit off of all of the games that I've owned, like some of the wild arms games are at least $200 a piece. Yeah. They're stupid. Like Mm -hmm. or path of radiance, um, fire emblem path of radiance, you know, it's another one. I know that series is still going, but it's just crazy to think that there are some of these games that are so hard to find that there are several hundred dollars. They're cost of like four games. I think I sent you that, that picture of at the, the local like book and game store near me where they had a copy of, I don't know if it was the first or second Shadow Hearts for like two hundred and eighty dollars, and behind it was yes, you did. Was a was a, mm-hmm. a strategy guide for Persona Two maybe, and it was like three hundred dollars. It's crazy. Oh it's crazy. It's so dumb. I mean, like I am like very deep in like the reselling market and whatnot. It's like what I do for my hobby, and it's it's just it's a really dumb time. Ha- have you? <laughs> that could be an entire other episode. <laughs> really good. The cost of games. Yeah. Have you guys ever like not played a series because it does have sequels or because it doesn't have sequels? So any of these older ones where, you know, it's just like a one and only like Skies of Arcadia or Super Mario RPG. Do you find that off putting at all? Uh, To an extent, I think I do. Um, It's probably why I asked you about um breath of fire like i'm just i'm just wondering like if i start it where do i go and then i'm like do i really want to play like five games um or same with like fantasy star like i know they're not they're not all related to each other but i feel like i need to know the previous thing so i can get all the references yeah and that's Um, one of those ones where i do think they are sequels and historically where they do make subtle references like again you can be contained but there's no distension of parallel universes in that game like if they're talking if they say a character's name they might be talking about a character from the first or second game right and i feel like i'm a little influenced by modern games because like if you for some reason just start mass effect 3 without playing 1 and 2 like you're gonna miss some of the stuff from the original ones but that's not always the case you can still always enjoy it but i feel like because of that mentality of recent games i think back to older games and i'm like well there's four breath of breath of fires like i should probably play one when maybe i could just play three or four because those are supposed to be the better ones anyways Mm -hmm. so like i'm just i don't know i feel like it's it's really it comes down to like one do i have the time and then two like do i own the game but i do i do usually think of if i'm gonna buy it like should i buy the first one or should i hold off like how long is this game gonna take me to play through blah 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 i have so many other games so to answer the question it's kind of a it's kind of a yes um but there's there's lots of other factors that go into it yeah i i get kind of hung up on the on wanting to start from the beginning of a series if i haven't played 
even if like the first entry isn't necessarily supposed to be great or the best, but it's just like, I just kind of get obsessed with the idea of like doing all of them. And then when I start thinking about that, I'm mm-hmm. just like, well, why don't you just start replaying a series you've already beaten that you know is good and you like, and then from you the do this thing beginning. where you don't play anything exactly. at all. <laughs> I have recently yeah. learned uh-huh. that that is a, an anxiety defense mechanism oh, where you are correct. protecting yourself. <laughs> what, that's why a lot of people actually rewatch um, yeah. the same series instead of starting something mm-hmm. new. So Seems about right. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, it's like grounded in familiarity. Sometimes it's actually a relief for me knowing that I'm only going to have to play one game in a series. Um, because <laughs> yeah. kind of like what you were saying, Casey, where like, it can be exciting to be what's next. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, knowing that, Oh, I only have to worry about this one game. Like if I play legends of dragoon, it's yeah. just legends of dragoon. There's nothing else coming after this. So if I want to bounce off to another series after that, I can, I don't have to worry about like, okay, do I want to smash the series back to back to back and just like get through it? Or do I want to take a little break in between? Um, but again, it's hard because I played most of these series so it's not like there's yeah. anything that like there are very few games or even series like maybe i played i haven't played all the suikoden's you know but i played the majority of them so i might have missed a game in the series uh yeah so it, it's it's weird but it is a little bit of a pressure remover yeah i think there's also this sort of like i don't know i guess elitism with rpg genre and like fans where they're like oh you haven't played sweep it in you know and i've only played the first one i haven't played and there's any like of them. what six yeah but then like i i mean i never really feel like judged or attacked or anything but there is this sort of sense of like hey you've played this but how about this and eventually you're going to get to a point where you haven't played it and it's i don't know like maybe feeling a little bit judged or something but like i focus my time on other things too and i think it's just cool to know that there's so many options that you could play and enjoy and find the games that you want but like, I don't know, you don't got to be mean. Yeah, about it, you're people. definitely it's right. The nice. community in general is pretty toxic. I know Casey and I talk about this all the time, whether it's our specifically queer group that we're in or one of the general just all hmm. RPGs group where some people will freak out about people's opinions and it's just their opinions what they played. And, and you know me, like I am very much so primary RPGs, but I, I do play other series as well. And um for some people a that's gobsmacking that i would play something else but b like (laughs) it's okay if you haven't played this game that i have played because who knows when you jumped in uh who knows what you Mm -hmm. have the time for i'm usually just as excited to hear that someone has played a thing versus what they haven't played so yeah i agree and i know patrick you always joke about like oh jason you haven't played earthbound yeah that's like the one and actually (laughs) it's funny because i am putting out that video and the first casey's read it the first like four paragraphs are about how you haven't played it yet well anyway i think that at at the bottom of your heart at bottom of your heart i know you're just being fun and like you're not actually mad but like some folks really get mad okay sure and like, I, I don't I don't understand. To your point, Patrick, I think it's cool that we can share with someone else like, oh, cool. I also play RPGs like, wow, thanks for sharing that game with me. And I think that's how I mean, I'm sure that's probably how a lot of us found the games that we like is someone else mentioned it or was like, hey, you like Final Fantasy? Try this. And I think that's the pretty neat thing about really any medium, but for sure, uh, for sure, RPGs. Speaking of these RPGs that we have been talking about and uh, maybe just dancing around the topic of a little bit, but let's get into the heavy because we've talked about how some of these are beloved series. They're not bad series at all. And we're just like, why aren't they here anymore? So 
Why do you think they're gone? Why are, why are these series dead? I have a, uh, this is going to be a big chunk of our conversation too. They're all like, mm-hmm. because all these games I think died for so many different reasons. So let, let's get into it. Like, let's talk about it. What is a reason that one of these series is gone? I think, um, I, think that... I can, I can start. I'm sorry. Let Casey oh, start. I'm, Let Casey okay. start. Well, Casey right, start. Start. Um, like in, in researching for, for this question, I was, is cause I know Suikoden is such like a beloved series and, it's one I haven't played, but I really want to. It's kind of the series I was alluding to earlier. It's like I want to start at one and I want to play all of them, but it's like I don't have the time. But like it just it it the people who like the who who is the dev for it, Patrick? I don't remember. Do you know offhand? It's Konami, know. isn't it? Okay, it's Konami, yeah, they, yeah. They, they it was sort of their answer to like trying to to compete against Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest. And but like they just they just couldn't make the sales like it was critically well received, but it's like I don't think any of the entries like even reached a million cells. And I, I think a lot of times that's sort of what it boils down to is, is the game just, it doesn't sell well enough. And I think it was kind of similar with, with Chrono Cross is that after the success with, with Chrono yeah. Trigger, they sort of had this dream team together and then Cross wasn't quite the, the same, the same team that they had, but, and then all these different people were trying different things in the game that, that stood out for different reasons from trigger and it just didn't sell either i think that's one of the big reasons right there um more so than just sales it's kind of like why um is that they didn't (laughs) evolve or change enough so if you think about how final fantasy 8 is a drastic change from final fantasy 7 and that's a pretty hot topic in general but like it's not like they ruined final fantasy they tried something different but it still maintained a lot of what final fantasy is where yeah there's enough familiarity between them. yeah but uh so we didn't i don't really think it ever evolved like i've i've played all but one of them and like it was one of the ones in the, the middle and mm-hmm. you know it's pretty much the same game you played one you played them yeah all. the peak was the second game in the series like that was really the pinnacle because the storytelling was really good in that one and not though the other ones the storytelling was bad it just they really really hit it there um and i think we kind of see that in other series too like golden sun another example where Ugh, golden sun they didn't involve mm. they didn't evolve the formula at all it's just literally from the first game to the DS game, which a lot of people say is bad. It's not. It just didn't do anything different. It just didn't do anything. Grand- you, you already played it twice. <laughs> yeah. Grandia, ex- exact same thing as well. Like Grandia three is a good game, but it was already done so well in one and two that it just comes across as being really lackluster. So that, that to me is like first and foremost, the biggest reason why games don't sell or, or series don't sell. Yeah, I think I think to make the cap this off as like a triple threat, I feel like the other big one is that RPGs just weren't popular back in the day. Um, I mean, they're popular now, but we're talking like 15 to 20 years after, you know, Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy four. Those even even and even those big ones, like I do not know the numbers, but I'm sure they didn't sell multiple millions. Like maybe they did, but I'm sure they weren't like so huge that they were going to like sell and launch their own franchises like games do nowadays. So, I mean, releasing a game like a. uh like like grandia for example is probably not going to sell that well and it's an rpg man it has like hella text (laughs) so that's a lot of translation it's a lot of localization you have to do so i mean the effort to put it out is probably not going to be worth it and um this could be a topic for a later date too but like there's probably plenty of games or series that have games that just didn't come to america and we're pretty much focusing on the ones in north america 
And uh, yeah, it, it kind of stinks. Like, I think there's, that's there's kind of more, more of it where you're saying there, Jason, where, you know, sometimes it's the case of the series. We didn't get all of the releases and that put it off more so because I think mm-hmm. uh, the Japanese market always underestimated what Americans would be into. And yeah, like, for example, yeah, for a, long a lot of people being really bitter about us not getting Final Fantasy V. Um, I think if the marketing mm-hmm. would have been there, it would have sold because, you know, six did pretty well and four did pretty well. Um, I think yeah. five could have been slated in there perfectly. Um, so I think another big reason, like we we're saying that uh, some of these series died, like we never got Mother One or Mother Three. We just got Earthbound and Earthbound is incredible, but it's a mystery really as to why we didn't get some of these other releases the other ones, and series. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big point about why we don't see some, some success. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, and then to uh, keep this episode's narrative around Quest 64, <laughs> I feel like um, there, there's a lot of times where... Redacted. <laughs> no, it's relevant. I feel like there, there's a lot of instances where the, the released, I don't know, market or uh, uh, system just isn't right. So like, you know, like no one is really probably playing RPGs on the N64, for example. Um, or if they if they were, the games just didn't come to it. Uh, so the ones that were there, uh, you mentioned uh, Bot and Kaidos for the GameCube. Um, I'm also a fan of Lost Kingdoms on the GameCube. Um, ironically enough, that's another card based RPG. Um, but th- like no one no one's playing them because you probably didn't flock there because like there wasn't the precedent on the N64 before it to buy the GameCube expecting more RPGs. Whereas like the PS1, it was definitely there. So like PS1 had those games. So you'd assume PS2 was going to have more RPGs. So it's like building the base up was, was very difficult. I agree with you completely um, on that I found point, that challenging. Um, where I think just some games got stuck on shitty consoles. Like that's just yeah. the very yeah. simple way. Like Shining, Shining Force literally died because aside from you, Jason, no one had a Sega CD <laughs> or Sega Saturn. Um, <laughs> I don't have a CD, but I have a Saturn okay. and I do have a Shining on it. So it's good. And then um, it's like you said skies of arcadia the same thing yeah. like nobody had like i had a dreamcast somehow we i had a dreamcast when i was a kid but like i mm-hmm. couldn't tell you a single other person that had a dreamcast so skies of arcadia died there and i know it was re-released on the gamecube but like you just said the number of that's the gamecube yeah, <laughs> yeah the number of rpgs yeah. that actually came out on the gamecube you know like the the ones that people might purchase it for you could count on your hand and the gamecube had a reasonably short run anyways so i think another reason too we see some of these series dying aside from just like consoles um we do see evolutions in what they're doing but they're changing too drastically and honestly mm-hmm. i don't know if they're mm-hmm. grasping for straws in their changes or if they're just not paying attention to what's working one of the best super nintendo rpgs is not a Final Fantasy. It's Lufia 2. Um, <laughs> Hot take. And like, <laughs> it is... Well, and like, the Final Fantasy games are incredible, but Lufia 2 is one of like those mm-hmm. hugely underestimated games. It is basically what Wild Arms became. I think it is the first RPG that I've played where truly, truly, truly <laughs> to get through dungeons, you have to do a lot of puzzle element things. Um, and... Yeah. 
Yeah. Then you jump to what they did on the Game Boy Advanced. I know some people like this game, but they changed it into a procedurally generated dungeon game. And it's just Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden it's not a Lufia game anymore. And then they, it's just so unfortunate because it's just such a great game. And here we have that happening again with fantasy star where I understand that fantasy star online was a success, but for -hmm. someone like Mm -hmm. me who actually played the fantasy star series on the Sega prior to that, and they have nothing to do with each other. It wasn't what I was asking for. And it completely turned me off to the series. It's kind of like, I mean, I pay like paper Mario. When you see those all of a sudden it's like, Oh, these are good games. These are good games. And it's like, wait, what did you do to this game? Why is there a slot machine to attack people? Like what what (laughs) is going on? Or why did you make this a card game? Like, no, just keep stick with what it is. But yeah, Jason, you you have games like this. I was absolutely going to bring up fantasy star online because I I love PSO and I think it's super cool, but it is nothing like the older game and it, and it became popular. So it's like, that is the series now. And I think that there's probably not too many instances of this happening, but I'm sure it happens and folks just don't like the new thing it became. Like, I, I really want that type of game. And, and I think in these in these times when something becomes much more popular and developers just lean towards it, you lose the foundation that was there. And like, that's what I grew up with. And I think that there's, like you said before, Patrick, a little bit of nostalgia there. And I kind of miss that. And I think that's that's a big one of why series kind of die is that something else becomes more popular and the old thing just becomes nostalgic and old. Yeah. Or they go for the almighty dollar and they're like, let's do a mobile game. And that's not <laughs> yeah, the way no, it should go. That's a killer right there. <laughs> Um, okay, so we talked about why they died or why we think they died. Because again, it's it's you could just say sales, sales, sales all day, and mm-hmm. that's completely accurate. Because if you're not making the money, you're not putting out a game. Um, but right. these games had really great mechanics. Like I look at my list, which is like as comprehensive as I could make it, and I'm like that was really cool. That was really cool. What are some of these mechanics mm-hmm. that we're seeing in these games that just make them unique? And I, like I said, I'm going to try and bring up different games for everything that we talk about. But what about you guys? Like, what were some of these games that you're like, that was a pretty cool mechanic? Um, so it's it's kind of, it's, it's maybe a cop out, but it's uh, like a sort of a subgenre of RPG that it's really underutilized now. But tactics like just the strategy based kind of like with Ogre Battle, it's just I, I really don't think we see many of those anymore unless it's like an indie game, which I think there's value in that. But I think that um, <clears throat> having a game that's it's more strategy based with that um, is just, you know, it's just it's unique and. And we just don't see it enough anymore. I know the mm-hmm. triangle strategy, which you played, Patrick, which you loved more than tactics. I think you said, um, yeah, definitely. Um, I think th- I think that they're they're trying to bring it back, kind of with that. But there's not too many games I feel like that that kind of utilize that sort of RPG subgenre of like strategy. I actually, yeah, I think. I, okay, it's okay. I, go mine's on. gonna pick go on with the tactics trend of what he's saying sure um one of the games that in the series that i actually played on the ps2 was called growlancer and oh i play growlancer yeah, like yeah, on the psp that's a mm-hmm. tactics game as well but it was very different it was not like grid-based tactics um i i kind of like i think i explained to someone once it's kind of like anime based Baldur's gate if you had to describe 
uh, <laughs> how it, I see exactly how what you're saying. Yeah. Um, because the, the yeah, combat yeah. was kind of like you could freeze time, but it's not grid based. Mm-hmm. So you kind of like draw lines of where you want people to go mm-hmm. and act, but it's still like heavy in the anime. But like, <clears throat> yeah, it was just basically like if you just threw an anime into Baldur's Gate like I just can't describe it any better than that the combat scenarios were pretty unique too which I thought was pretty cool where one of the reasons mm-hmm. I'm kind of not always the biggest fan of Final Fantasy Tactics is because at the end of the day it was almost always route all the enemies where this game was usually yeah. like do this specific task but then halfway through or get get here in time yeah, yeah. it would like mm-hmm. flip the script and you would have to do something completely different and I thought that was really cool yeah. where all of a sudden it was like, don't let these enemies escape because you've defeated enough of them. And they're just kind of like, mm. well, we're piecing out of here or don't let so many monsters open treasure chests or don't let these five villagers die. There was always something really unique that was going on for Growlancer. And Jason, you said you played the PSP one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't think of what it's called now. It's Growlancer colon something. Is it, uh, it was similar? Think... Is that right? <laughs> doesn't sound gener- familiar generations? this is like it's i know it's like it's something maybe like it's that. generations yeah it was a while ago uh and I, I thought there was a big emphasis on that one with like the weapons you were using um like and i think the weapons also leveled up it maybe i'm confusing with another game but yeah it was neat and and it, it was similar to what you're saying too where it wasn't just defeat the enemies it was for a while but it might have been instead like get to the end first or like don't let this person escape and uh that i thought that was pretty cool because then then it, it gave emphasis to like I should probably have some archers so I can like hit them from from a distance instead of just like wailing with just tanks in the front. And that was pretty cool. Um, I did actually have one thing I wanted to bring up too about ogre battle or ogre or tactics ogre, which I really liked, which is I think probably come back. But on the PSP remake, they did this really cool thing where you could expend like some resource. I think it was like a time stone or whatever. And you could go back in time to like redo a turn. Oh, I like that. Um, and I thought that was really cool. Because you would see like, oh, shit, like they're going to hit me here. or He's going to move here. And so like you would kind of know in like the future is going to be this. So you could go back and it was a really big like, oh, do I want to use it here or do I want to save it for later on in the game? And I thought that was a pretty cool movement or pretty cool uh, moment. And uh, it, it was just it was really neat. And I thought it was such a great player addition to like make a game even more fun and accessible yeah, we see that in awesome. uh tactics games now almost fire like emblem. it was barred yeah. that like fire fire emblem does that in a bunch of its entries and mm-hmm. it's kind Great. of huge yeah yeah and this game is like 15 years old so it's it's a while ago um i think another thing that was kind of underrepresented is voice acting and oh, if, okay. what speaks to me as like the first successful voice acted game was Lunar Silver Star Story. Um, Ooh, it's it's okay. another one for the, like the P I know that it came out on was it the CD or Saturn. It was one of the two, but uh, the mm-hmm. PS one release, the one that some people actually played, it was literally like <laughs> being a part of an anime and the narrative is yeah. just so great. Like everything is coherent and easy to follow which again for rpgs is like a lot to ask for apparently these days um <laughs> and you you just you didn't see something that was well voice acted where you're like oh my god this is like what i'm watching on tv but it's a game and like production value went into yeah, it yeah and the combat system mm. wasn't really anything special or cr- crazy out there but just watching a game for its narrative and even when you beat the game they do a lot of uh behind the scenes voice actor stuff and bloopers which is really cute and oh, fun cool. um it's crazy to to think about that like 
that being a big spectacle when you know most games are voice acted now but it's it started somewhere and i know that's not the starting point, but i think like that for me that's just like the biggest this game did it well mm-hmm. yeah i didn't i don't think i knew that because i played silver star harmony like the psp remaster and i just assumed they added voice acting to that game because i'm like there's no way this would be on the ps yeah it was absolutely it was on the ps1 wow that's pretty impressive that's a great game by the way uh total like hidden hidden gem and also hella expensive <laughs> um other great games that are wonderful and not expensive uh it is a repeat but i gotta talk about golden sun i think golden sun was so cool and i think the mechanic that i liked that they i would love to see bring, being brought back is essentially using magic in the overworld to like oh, affect yeah. your your game as opposed to just fighting enemies with it I think that's really cool. Like doing the psi powers to move things, collecting the gin to like do other abilities on the on the world map and actually progress through semi puzzle themed levels is pretty cool because then it makes me so much more immersed and feel like my characters matter and they're not just killing everything in their path, but they're actually like fighting for the world and manipulating things to like be better. And I, that's such a cool mechanic. And that's kind of what we were saying for Wild Arms where or. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, lufia 2 where you have these games where it's like an rpg with more than just fighting yeah and the especially for golden sun the 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 context of using the spells like makes sense as opposed to it's Mm -hmm, like this mm -hmm. really weird wackadoo place that you're (laughs) in where you just happen to use these abilities like getting through a desert um, using water to um, get yourself out of a twister or yeah, you're in the water temple. Of course you're going to need to freeze stuff. Like it just, it just made a lot of sense as opposed to just like crazy random things or here's a cliff. I'm going to make this vine grow up so I can glow up the climb up the cliff. Like that's so cool and natural instead of just these weird elements that people just try to make a, a dungeon more interesting. Yeah, and like developers, uh, Camelot, whomever's doing it, like they easily could have just made stairs to go up that cliff you're talking about, but they didn't. And they made it more like player focused and it, it just adds to the experience. It's such a cool, cool did thing. Either, did either of you play Tales of Arise, the, the new Tales of game? No, not yet. I have not. They kind of do that uh, with, where each character kind of has like, has like a specialty magic or skill that you're able to use in the world to like traverse to new areas. Um, and it's just it's just really cool. Cool. Legit. Yeah, it adds so much more and makes you want to go back kind of like an yeah. Legends of Zelda game. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think my last one is Legends of Lagaya. Um, oh, okay. I think having Street Fighter commands to like put into was a very novel idea. Um, you know, especially thinking of a PS1 game, trying something very different. So basically, mm-hmm. you know, in order to do attack commands, you'd throw, put in like a Hadoken command and then your character nice. would do a special move. It wasn't actually a Hadoken, but I thought that was really cool. I think for me that the only issue with that was once you knew what the commands were, you would just do the same thing over and over again. A uh, little spammy. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they didn't do anything different. Like if you had a three input move, all of the three input moves did a about the same damage it's not like one reduced the enemy's defense or one was fire infused or anything like that uh, so as, it just did a set thing. yeah so basically as soon as you learned or you googled what the big combos were <laughs> that's all you would have your character do and mm. it mm-hmm. but aside from that just the concept of like 
no, you're going to high kick, high kick, low kick, right punch, like is a pretty cool thing for an RPG. Like you wouldn't think of those things going together, but here they are and it works pretty well. And the game itself was a reasonably okay game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do want to give one special last shout out, which I thought was so cool, is the Monster Rancher series. Mm. And you would use your CDs to create new monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was so cool because it brought in new things. But I think we all know the reason why that series died. It's because there's no more (laughs) CDs in the world. So that kind of sucks. Well, but did you hear (laughs) that that they're they so they re-released those games for the Switch? Yeah. And yeah, like Mm -hmm. it's it's silly how you get the monsters now, because don't you just like type in a code yeah. and you like get whatever monster you want so you just, it completely you just breaks get that it. element of the game yeah exactly but like in the other one it was cool because you're like great i can get any cd and it's going to be here's this jelly monster but if you put in like this is actually one of them if you put in like the the cd or dvd for terminator 2 the movie you got like a metal one that's cool and oh it was so cool it was like real life pokemon i know it was so badass and like i'm just looking at my cds being like wow i have first off i have cds but second like wow there's so <laughs> many possibilities of things i could get it was such a fun, fun way to like play and experience a game. Okay. Want to keep going on with the conversation because we could literally yeah. talk about every unique thing from every one of those RPGs that we've talked about so far. Because again, there are just so many of them. But one thing I want to talk about because we're seeing remasters. Do you think that these companies are using some of these remasters of games that we haven't heard of from in a, wh- a while? Like, Chrono Cross or Saga Frontier. Mm. Are they using these to gauge interest for reboots? Or do you think that they're just using them as like cash cows because people want to play the old games? Oh man, I it's it's gotta be both. Yeah. I think if they're leaning towards one over the other, it's probably reboot, but it's yeah. I think that they're looking at it for Chrono Cross, for example, to see like is there enough engagement here to make Chrono Cross 2? I don't know why they don't just make Chrono Trigger 2, but whatever. <laughs> But I think that's the reason why. It's probably a safe bet. The game already exists. You're just going to update the code and visuals and then re-release it. So it seems like it's probably financially very easy, but I'm sure executives somewhere are thinking, if this sells well, we'll green light the next project. Which I, you wouldn't think would be a question because like, even though Chrono Cross, sorry, Casey, isn't as superior as Chrono Trigger, <laughs> like people love Chrono Trigger enough that you, that you that you think that would be fine like you think that would get a green light um i think it's cool because we are seeing some games that we've never legally seen before like uh live alive i got yeah that on an emulator when i was in high school from my friend chris and i played it then and i was like i actually kind of like this game but it was translated really poorly so it was hard to follow and we're about to see like a full-on HD official release release of mm-hmm. it yeah so it's it's kind of exciting but i think you're right just because we see them re-releasing something or remastering something kind of like uh grandia doesn't mean that we're gonna see a sequel and i think that's disappointing because some of these game series are worth the investment i was more or less gonna say exactly what jason said i think i think it's a combination of both um kind of like you said with chrono cross the remaster i mean I, i i still think chrono cross is a great game but the the remaster it was kind of a like a um, it was just it felt kind of dialed in. A lot of the things that they added were things mm-hmm, that were mm-hmm. already in the game. They just let you use them earlier, like fast forwarding and slowing time down, because that's something you unlock in New Game Plus. So they just gave it to you at the very beginning. Um, and then the other stuff is things that we've seen in other uh, re-releases and re- remasters with like with no encounters off or powering yourself up. 
So, I mean, it's just kind of, I think they're just kind of, right. they just have these like certain things that they're just going to include every time. I don't think they're trying to, to, to do anything incredibly inventive. I, I so I think part of it is they're, they are trying to gauge to kind of see uh what they could potentially release down the line or if there's still interest for for a series but it, it is really good nostalgia fuel because i mean there are people like me who who really love like chrono cross and wanted to see it again yeah. for a modern for a modern console so you're i mean you're like so set into the series you're like i just gotta see the next one yeah. um actually you know what that reminds me um i think patrick and i talked about this before but like there was a this like Capcom leak of like games that were coming up. And it, yeah, it's, it just, I told you uh, Street Fighter uh, six was coming and you're like, no, it's not. And then. <laughs> <laughs> OK, and no, then, yeah. it's true. And and here we are. Here we yeah. are. Nvidia, uh, but like, I think the other cool thing on that. Right, exactly. I think the other cool thing on that list, though, is that like it's showing like there's like, you know, maybe a new Power Stone or maybe a new, I don't know, fucking Dino Crisis or something. But like it's 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 so cool to like look into it and think like, Oh great. I can see this thing. But like, would you do that? Like, would you, would you want to get your hopes up if someone somewhere leaked quotation marks leaked like Chrono Trigger two or, or a a revival of breath of fire. So I learned my lesson over a year ago when some of the big fire emblem streamers were talking about how there was going to be, a remake and like a full-on remake of one of the older Fire Emblem series. And it was going to be yeah. one of the duos. So it was going to be like four and five and connected, uh, six and seven are connected, or it was going to be like Path of Radiance, Radiant Dawn. And they were heavily mm-hmm. leaning on it being Path of Radiance, Radiant Dawn, which would literally just make me jizz everywhere. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh, but um, it hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't ugh it hasn't happened yet and they've said multiple times the next nintendo treehouse you're going to see it happen Mm -hmm. um so i just let myself Hmm. no longer buy into any of these new ip reboots where every once in a while i'll hear like oh they're making they're remaking um parasite eve or oh they're remaking fire emblem and like it's i'm not saying they're not It, it would be great if they do but i also but you're not banking yeah i'm not going to bank on it because like you said no power stone is not an rpg like it would be really mm-hmm, cool mm-hmm. to see it i know how much you love it but i also like you wouldn't want to get hurt because of yeah. and i know hurt's like such a drastic and dramatic word but i mean like you have that let let down let really. down you know you don't want to be let down for some of these exciting games that maybe you haven't played in a while whether it's a full-on reboot or if it's just a remake or remaster so no i don't buy into the rumors anymore i know you kind of do casey right yeah i just i love well, Ooh, calling them out. I I love spoilers and 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 rumors and and, and a number <laughs> of facets in my life from from Drag Race to to games. yeah. I mean, Drag Race season sixteen hasn't <laughs> even been thought of yet, and you already know. Who I already wins. know everything that happened. Wow, but yeah, yeah I, no. I, I, I like I like. He's already been there. I like frequenting like the the subreddit for gaming leaks and rumors. It's it's just it's just fun. I I don't get too caught up personally in like if things don't end up being true, unless it's like. Like if there had been rumors and it probably were prior to it coming out of Final Fantasy seven remake, like if that didn't happen, I would be really sad. But there's not too many games that I think that I'd get too um, too upset over. But I do think they I do think we're going to see a Final Fantasy nine remake because it was listed in the NVIDIA uh, GeForce Now leak that had the Chrono Cross remaster and Kingdom Hearts four and Street Fighter six. 
and like God of War coming to PC and Spider-Man coming to PC. And so far, all those have been check, check, check. And it, and it came out like I, mean, a, a I would love that. Ago, that would be amazing. So. I think so we'll see. That's kind of the weirdness of that, too, where the what they could be saying is the remake versus what the actual remake is, where we think we're going to get something along the quality of the Final Fantasy seven remake, when yeah. instead you're getting something like the Final Fantasy 15 iOS. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Version, you <laughs> know yeah. I mean? The dumbed down version. <laughs> yeah. So that, why, yeah. Why'd you put again, that That's there? why I'm like, no, okay, them ideas. When, until, until <laughs> I see like an actual video leak of something, I'm not there. Mm. One thing I want to address is back in, I think it was like episode three of season one, we had a big talk about spiritual successors and retro revivals. And I think this oh, kind of yeah. plays mm. into us talking about remakes and news and stuff like that. Um, are there any indie games that you guys can think of that have kind of become this whole spiritual successor of some of these dying games? Um, for example, I know it's not an indie game, but I don't know if we're getting another Final Fantasy Tactics. And if we don't, Casey already said this earlier, but Triangle Strategy is such a great game. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the Mm -hmm. best games I've played in a few years, where to me, Mm. if I get Triangle Strategy 2, 3, 4, I don't care if I get Final Fantasy Tactics because (laughs) this is so great you're like satiated with those. and that's kind of how i felt about bravely default with final fantasy where the first bravely default was so good that it was kind of like what the old final fantasies were that's why i don't mind that the new final fantasies yeah. are so different but are there any indie games as opposed to like main series games that you think are kind of taking up this mantle of what these games used to be yeah i i think so and i'm probably going to take words out of patrick's mouth but i think a big one is bug fables mm, sure. uh, i mean that's <laughs> that is that is your old paper mario style game right there and i feel like uh, nintendo's not going to go back for the reasons that are justified every new game does something different which is great but if you wanted paper mario 2 and not i don't know thousand year door 2 or whatever um y- yeah you have you have that and I-, I think that that's that's a big one that i think is a pretty pretty recent example yeah, there's a. Did you have any Casey? Yeah, there's um a game that came out probably in the last few years. I started playing it at the beginning of like when everything shut down, and I was stuck at home. But um, it's called Fail Seal Arbiter's Mark. Um, and it's uh it's directly inspired by like the tactical kind of RPG like Final Fantasy. Um, and it's just this it's it's not like incredible. It's a solid like seven out of ten, but it just it really scratches that itch if like you're into a tactics based um a tactics a tactics based mm-hmm. battle um system. Um and the art is really cute and really cool and, and there's a, a really great job system in it and it's just and it's on like Switch, P- PC, PS4, probably Xbox, it's on everything. Um it's it's a very solid, a very solid game. Actually, I'm thinking of one more game that is, uh, I think it's still a, an indie game, but have you guys heard of Wargroove on PS4? Yeah, on Switch? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but that's, that's more Advanced Wars than it is. Uh... Yeah, Advanced Wars, but I mean, like, I I guess RPG-like, but uh, it, like games that do that, that just take the old, like some old style and just redo it. I feel like are, are very targeted towards like one audience, aka us old ass gamers that are on this <laughs> podcast right now. And I, it's it's fun, though, and I think it's it's a neat way to look back at older games and then kind of like we were talking before, gauge interest in newer ones. So I, it makes me wonder if, like, did the semi success of that one lead towards Nintendo wanting to do a new Advance Wars? Like, is is that what's going on here? And will like a similar idea with Paper Mario happen where you see the old style and they want to do more? I'm always curious and hopeful, but I don't know. 
Okay, I have one last question to wrap up our conversation about the RPG graveyard, and we're going to flip the Mm. script a little bit. So we've talked about series that are dead that we would want revived or that were just great games and it's sad that they're gone. Now I want to talk about series that have lost their potential and they should be buried. (laughs) I didn't know we were going that far. I think you're going to both hate me for my answer. You go right ahead. I, well, I, yeah, I didn't right think ahead. I necessarily want this series to be buried, but I do think the direction has been lost a bit. Um, and that's Pokemon. I have no, not... no, we talked, we, Jay, mm. we've talked about that already. <laughs> well, I meant, right, Jason, mm. we talked, yeah, dude, your, definitely. Yeah, was, uh, last, last season, we oh. talked about how there are there any series? Oh, this was pre pre Arceus. Okay, uh, it was right before yeah. Arceus had been announced, and we There's said not that, enough yeah, change, it was, yeah. not enough change, time to go. Good. Well, that makes me happy. Well, not happy because I love Pokemon and I don't want it to get buried. I just <laughs> we can commiserate. Together, I, just, yeah. I also didn't love Arceus personally. I, I know that the game, the, the setting and the time period for the game lent itself to not having like trainer battles and gym battles. But I just thought it was kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And um, I just I don't know. I just I wanted a lot more out of it. So I hope they kind of include that in the new one. A lot of like the catching elements, but that hasn't really been a hundred percent confirmed for Scarlet and Violet yet. But I just, right. mm-hmm. I just, I just miss the the feelings that I would get in in the old school in the old school Pokemon. And throwing bundles of food yeah, at a my... Pokemon to to quell its fury is the dumbest thing in the world. It really is. That should never <laughs> really be in is. a Pokemon game again. Though it does work for me when I'm in a same. Bedroom, so. Honestly, Patrick's upset. Have some French fries. What? Uh, so for for me, it, it hurts me to say it, but I think it's time to probably probably sunset the Paper Mario series. I'm with you. That's actually one um, of the things that I have. Yeah, like I, I mean, I've only played the first one in the part of Thousand Year Door. I know that's a crime, but like ever since then, like I've only heard people just talk about how it's not as good. And then having played a little bit of um, God, what's the Wii U one? Color Splash. Um, and like it's it's cool, but like it is just not it's not as engaging and like, it's not as neat as it was. And it just seems weird that Nintendo or um, whoever developed it, intelligent systems, they just kind of lost their way. And it seems like the the spirit of that series is kind of gone. And maybe it's time to put that down and reevaluate how you want a Mario RPG to be. Yeah. That's actually why I did that YouTube video about bug fables um, and about how Mm -hmm. the series for paper Mario just changes identity way too much. And I think, if they would have not tried to evolve and find uh like its little niche or this these weird little mm-hmm. twists to make the game unique, I think that's where it really failed because that's one of those games where the status quo was working. And if you look at Origami King and how weird its battle system is, and you work your way backward about like three games from there all the way to Color Splash, it wasn't working anymore you know like yeah for a while it's Mm -hmm. it's it's been just too like weird and niche so i'm with you that needs to be buried um the other two that i think need to be buried uh i'm gonna lump together because they're same ish they started out as the same company and then they're not anymore but valkyrie profile and star ocean Uh, i think okay and i know i know we're getting sequels of both of those um but i don't have i looked at a list of tries games and there's a very there's a common trend with them like i know that mediocrity yeah (laughs) so so 
they start out really strong yep. in the series like valkyrie profile one pretty good Saroshans one and two pretty good but i don't think tri ace knows how to make game series like continue uh the new valkyrie mm-hmm. profile doesn't look the slightest bit interesting yeah I and it really boring yeah it does like the combat looks very boring and then you could say i've lost all faith and integrity in star ocean and i don't need to say that <laughs> and i don't i don't need to say anymore <laughs> that's that's pretty great Okay, well, while we uh, commiserate a little bit more about the series that need to die, uh, I think we're going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, We need to get some more water, get some more coffee, freshen up for the next part of our series here. Uh, But we do want to hear your thoughts over on Twitter, Instagram, and Discord, and make sure you leave us a review for this podcast. We'd love to hear all of your feedback. And you can find us at HeyRPGamer. We will be right back. back for a middle segment as usual we're going to talk about what we are currently playing and we're going to take some time to answer some rp gamer discord fan mail so let's go ahead and start with jason buddy what are you playing that you're not going to beat <laughs> <laughs> wow assumptions but you're right uh so we've actually had some friends and family over the past few weeks so i haven't been able to jump into like a brand new cool old game uh, but we did break out the old PS2 and we played some uh, some random, random games. And uh, one of them I wanted to highlight because it was surprisingly fun and funny is um, it's called Muppets Party Cruise. It is about the Muppets, Kermit the Frog and whatnot. But it is a it's a party game. And um, essentially you, you are doing a lot shit? of <laughs> hear me out. It's a party game, so you can play four players and you whip out that PS2 multi-tap in all of its glory. And uh, yeah, it's a minigame collection, but it, it's pretty fun. And I think the reason why it was it was fun is because the games were not like Mario Party, where it's over in like three seconds, but they took like a minute or two. And uh, there was consistent rounds between them. But the really, really funny thing was the Muppets would like literally sass and backtalk you as the player. So one of the players was Fozzie, the bear. And he was losing. And then Fozzie in the game is like, here's a new idea. How about winning? Mm-hmm. And like, it was so mean and sassy. And like, we just had such a uh, such a great time. And like, no one was drunk. And we were all laughing and there's tears in our eyes. And it, it was fun. And the game was like very mediocre, but it wasn't like terrible. But I think it was the reason why I like to play older games sometimes. It's just because it's a relic of its time. It's fun. It made me laugh. It was a good way to spend a couple hours. Because they savagely remind you at how bad at video games you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and like miss piggy would like there's this one game where she would like throw i think it was like pies at the other players and like they would like eat shit when they got hit with the pie they like blah they would fall down it's so funny to see like kermit the frog just like take it in the Oof. face and go down it was great yeah casey what are you playing um i've been playing trying to trying to acquire those nostalgia feels for pokemon i've been playing the the remake of pokemon platinum on the switch um and I, i'm enjoying it hey. it's it's uh i don't remember when i played platinum first probably when it came out but um it's definitely hitting all those feels that, that i want and uh it seems like it's 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 reminding me a lot of what it was like when i played it so i feel like it's a pretty faithful uh remake um and i love the little chibi art style and then i i yeah, i just i just think everything is translating really it is really doing really well yeah, it's it's it definitely I know a lot of people complained about how they didn't 
do anything beyond just a graphical upscale of it but i mean i don't really I'm think okay you need that. to just completely overhaul yeah. every single game that you remake like i think it w- it is what is some of people's favorite game in the series mm-hmm. so you know you don't really need to do too much else to it what are you playing patrick what about you, Patrick? What have you been playing? Um, so I'm also playing a Pokemon game because rumor has it that when our season is over and we're on a hiatus, we might be doing a special on a Pokemon Nuzlocke. So I wanted to take the time to start mine now. So I'm playing Pokemon Black 2, which nice. um, I've actually never played all the way through before. So I'm going in kind of blind on this Nuzlocke. And I know that this is the hardest game that you can Nuzlocke, but I've played all the other ones and didn't feel like replaying a Pokemon right now. So this way I can kind of like check off. Oh, I've, I've, I've finished this game now if I actually finish it. And uh, yeah, I'm at the fourth gym and I've lost four Pokemon, but my team is going on Aww. strong. So I'm I'm having a good time. And I I hope whoever else goes on this Nuzlocke adventure <laughs> with me for the episode has a good time when they're doing it, too, because it can be fun. So also a part of this segment, we're going to answer some fan mail. So this one comes from Discord user Synap synaptic suffering and he asks how do you feel about the way masculinity is presented differently in japanese versus american developed games i think oh, that is a that's, legit that's heavy. scholarly <laughs> question yes. and i know that this is yeah. something that like i do want to make a full episode and discussion um at some point but i think we can touch on this slightly mm-hmm. here for a minute or two jason do you want to start us out and then i can tell you how wrong yeah. you are yeah sure okay well as the only only one on this podcast that actually has a degree in japanese language and literature i might have a little bit of an authority but a little bit not i don't know it's been a while uh i think that um the the gender stereotypes of masculinity is very different depending on where you go so in in america um you can probably assume what it is macho masculine lots of muscles um you need to follow certain things you like blue you hate pink yada yada uh in japan um it's a much more uh let's see like cultured place so i think that um the what is masculine might be different and um after world war ii there was quite a big change in my opinion but i think the modern idea of masculinity that you see in games is um being responsible uh so probably having some sort of uh duty to like another um so like uh we talked about final fantasy before but like zidane feeling like he wants to help his friends pretty japanese thing like that's what makes you manly you're protecting others um, and you don't need to have big muscles. You don't need to have like the strongest, uh, I don't know, physique. I think it's it's more about like what you do for someone else. Um, and uh, to that to that respect, you get what you might consider in America to be generally more quotation marks feminine uh, traits in men. So they might have more slender bodies. Uh, they might do things that are not seen as as masculine, like um, they might clean the house. <laughs> they might be like a, a house dad or be like a responsible parent, which is a crazy thing to think is a masculine trait or a non-masculine trait. Um, but I think that's probably where it goes. So like you would see characters like, um, uh, yeah, I mentioned like Zidane, but uh, even, um, uh, oh my God, I'm losing his name. Cloud. Wow. Cloud. Uh, having like the the big sword and like being um, opposite of Sephiroth, I think is kind of that your two, your two sways of what you would see in Japan. Um, someone very, much for fighting for the smaller person and someone also fighting for what they think is right as opposed to America where they fight because it's they like violence or they fight because they're strong or they fight because they're trying to save this girl. 
I think uh, there are some similarities, though. Like, I think stoicism or not overly conversational is something that you would see in characters that would probably be identified more as masculine. Um, yeah. Where, you know, you bring up Cloud. And then I think of some characters that are kind of more badasses, like Solid Snake. Um, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like there is some overlap here um completely it's definitely not completely separate but yeah i think you pretty much hit it on the head And we're back for part two of our podcast. And today we're going to play one of my favorite games of this season called Snack Pack. If you remember back in season two, yeah, this season, episode one, we played a game where we took a bunch of games and we chopped them up. And with those pieces of the game, we made the perfect game. So we used them as source (laughs) material. And I think it actually, we came up with some pretty crazy ideas um we're gonna do something very similar here so what's gonna happen is we each came with four different games and we're gonna use elements of those games to build a brand new game of a of an rpg genre so Mm -hmm. pieces that we're going to use we're going to use like the graphics like the visual aesthetics we're going to use the setting the music or the music style like not the literal music but like what was the vibe the music uh came across with maybe some specific characters and npcs or just kind of like their design choices and then a gaming mechanic um again each one of us has a randomly drawn which i picked earlier before us starting type of rpg and we're gonna go ahead and start with jason so jason why don't you tell us what rpgs that you are bringing to the table Oh my gosh. And we're looking at graphic setting, music characters, right? Uh, graphic setting, music characters, and mechanic. So, oh, mechanic, just to reiterate it. too, one of these can be used twice. So one of your games, because you obviously have four games and uh, five different things you need to cover, you can use one game twice. But once the other ones are used, like you can't use them again. Because that kind of comes, that okay. kind of plays into the fun of like this Frankenstein-esque monster that you're creating. Uh, okay, so I picked... I'm picking four, yeah. right? I have, I have four. Yeah, I have four. So I'm going with some of my my favorites, which I hope I can make into a good game. Mm-hmm. We'll see what Patrick does to mm-hmm. me. Uh, but I'm going with Golden Sun. I'm going with Super Mario RPG. I'm going with Skies of Arcadia. And a little bit of a, of newbie flair. I want Fable. Okay, I think that's good. So just so you know, I literally wrote down several different types of RPG and then had it drawn randomly. So each one of us got something completely random. Jason, with mm-hmm. your pieces, you need to make an isometric so, tactics I'm RPG. So nervous. Oh, okay. I, at least I love isometric tactics. I know it worked RPGs. out for Fallout's, you. Fallout's great. <laughs> Last time Patrick gave me some bullshit of making like a DDR yes. game. Oh my god. Um, okay. Isometric tactic rpg with these ones wow jesus um okay so i think that just the the setting alone i gotta pick uh skies of arcadia i love that setting the sky pirate is pretty cool so i think it would take place something like that something up high it would still be in like 
this atmosphere it wouldn't be space so like we're talking about in the skies okay. um visually i do i do like mario rpg but i i don't know if that's gonna work for a top down um I'll, I'll get back to that uh music um oh my god i'll get back to that too <laughs> so characters i think um characters i'll probably i'll probably go with golden sun i think that they have neat um excuse me they have neat like uh, affiliations with like elemental styles and they have like a kind of a world that they revolve around because they're like fire based, they're earth based. So that's probably where I would go with that. And then mechanic, I think I would pick fable. Um, I liked the, (laughs) the light side, dark side where you could do like weird things to uh, uh, make your character physically change or be different based on how you interact with this sky world. And Oh my God, music and graphics how's it gonna look top down is so weird um oh my god okay so i guess music i'll pick super mario rpg so it's gonna be a little most bopping game that you could pick yeah it's a little little whimsical in its in its stylings and i feel like um if you're in the air i feel like it's gonna be a lot of uh sort of grandiose long chords like showing that you are like free and flowing and i feel like the mario super mario rpg series could could encapsulate which that. it kind of did too because they have uh where mallows from which is literally yeah exactly clouds, yeah. up in the clouds man i am stuck on visuals which is funny because i thought for sure like literally any of these things would be good for visuals. Think, yeah think of it this way um, so, what kind of aesthetic do you think the game would yeah. kind of vibe with the most with what you've said so far okay okay um i'm, th- I'm thinking i want retro so i'm thinking not not fable um and i don't think i want skies i guess i'm leaning towards golden sun again maybe i want that sort of semi like 16-bit look down on there um which i think they've done in in like um i guess maybe kind of like a triangle strategy and yeah so it it would be hd2d kind of then at that point yeah yeah i think it would be like that so it's gonna be like that so it'll be up in the sky it's gonna be a grandiose story such wonderful music hd2d visual styles for the isometric 3d rpg and your uh uh characters which are going to be elementally based and they have um buy-in to the success of their planet which they're flying above but based on your actions you can um really ruin the world or the planet or the people you're with and uh, your character will change and people will like react to you and you could get into some place because you're really nice, but if you're too evil, you don't get in. So it's going to be like that. And I, I need to think of a you name. You do. I was um, going to remind you, if you recall from that episode too, we also <laughs> came up with on-the-fly titles for this game. So what is this Golden Sun-esque isometric Golden Sun's isometric. Yep. Yeah. I could do some random janky bullshit like Triangle Strategy yeah. where it has nothing to do with <laughs> the game itself. Um, so we're going to call it uh, the tetrahedral bake-off for no other reason than you you just there, there's going to be a random baking thing so tetrahedral bake-off is what I'm okay going <laughs> bad title but possibly good game see there you go all right casey it's your turn so why don't you let us know what games you're bringing to the table all right um i'm gonna do it's harder than it yeah looks. yeah um, i'm glad you didn't pick any of mine <laughs> i had backups just in case oh good yeah i was afraid yeah. Yeah. um xenosaga uh, that series mm. uh chrono cross because i love it so much uh bait and kados and uh final fantasy tactics all right. Oh, I should have picked a card game too. What was I thinking? It's a good mechanic. Casey, yeah. with those games, mm. you need to make an MMORPG. Ooh, I do love an MMO. Ooh. All right. Um, let me see. Graphics. 
my thought initially was tactics no matter what but i don't now i'm like an mmo i don't know that that would lend itself super well um Hmm. maybe chrono cross yeah i was the same way i was like i know i know for sure yeah yeah i I even started doing it and Mm -hmm. i was like oh wait i do that later um so i maybe chrono Mm. cross no um, hold on (laughs) because <laughs> i must skip graphics all right settings for sure skip it settings yeah, yeah. for sure xenosaga because i don't feel like there's a, a ton of super popular mmorpgs that take place in space and so the idea of like a giant space epic mm-hmm. uh mmorpg would be fun <clears throat> um makes sense let makes me sense. see um music <coughs> excuse me music i would probably pick chrono cross because it's bomb and easily my it's favorite good. um mm-hmm. soundtrack of the four does it uh, fit that setting though it can we'll make it happen oh it can. <laughs> he'll make it fit he'll make it'll it it'll be <laughs> violin we'll make it, but we'll make, make it, it synthy 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 electronic yeah. violin <laughs> um i'm gonna skip characters real quick and go to gaming mechanics i'll pick bait and kados because the card i think that would that's just i think it's probably of of the card four, based mmorpg the, of the four i think it's the the most uh it has it's the game that has the most unique gaming mechanic and i think that would be fun mm-hmm. um so i have what uh i haven't used tactics yet oh setting we'll, we'll oh no i did that uh music so i have graphics and characters left um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay 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 we'll do we'll do characters final fantasy tactics because there's just sort of that political strife i mean they don't necessarily have to be from the medieval setting but just sort of the the politics and all of that i think that, i see that, that yeah i think it would it would go well yeah. and then uh i have graphics left um and so that's where so i can reuse someone um yep. let me see so just graphically this the aesthetic of i think of chrono cross just sort of like i know it's in space but some like bright vibrant static backgrounds i don't know i think i think that would uh that would be fun and now a title all right what are you calling this space (laughs) uh uh, political card game card battle what what, what, what do we call this i'm like the worst at coming up with titles um let me see this is it's going to be a period of silence while i think um It'll get cut anyways. Oh, I know that. I know that's what I'm saying. That's why I said that. I was like, this is just going to be silence for you to cut. Uh, You should take a word from each of the game. Ooh. um, (laughs) Chrono Saga. Yeah, Chrono Saga colon. uh, I don't know that I want to use any of the other words, actually, but I do like that. Chrono Saga. uh, Chrono Saga. Mm -hmm. uh, Ooh, maybe we'll borrow something from from Starish and do something really convoluted and dumb sounding. Um, (laughs) Chrono Chrono Saga. Sorry, Chrono Saga, uh, the balance of space and time. I feel like that's, that's yeah, also a nod to Chrono Saga, the balance of space and time. Yeah. That's good. Go. They put like melodrama in the title, yeah. but it's not in the game. Yeah. yeah. And there's a call. You had me at MMORPG <laughs> with cards. Yeah. That was great. It'd be a good time. What are you, what, what's yours, Patrick? What, oh. uh, what are your games? Okay. Yeah, how did you cheat yourself and pick the easiest answer? I now? actually. <laughs> Thank you very much. Wrote down my games before I picked or before I got oh, picked sure. for a random the thing. type of game that I had. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Mr. Hateful, hateful, real <laughs> evil person that How do we know you're even picking a random thing now? You didn't pick it days I ago. I did pick it days ago. 
See, but now you had time to think of it. Well, I have so much to do. <laughs> Anyways, Anyways, I have an open-world yeah, yeah. turn-based RPG. Um, but my, turn okay. my games are Earthbound. Of nice. course. Wild Arms. Of course. Skies of Arcadia. <gasps> Ooh, and okay. Shadow Hearts. Ooh, so... Okay. No pers- yeah, yeah. Open world turn based RPG. I think I would probably do the setting of Wild Arms because we don't see games that are Western setting very often. Western like yeah, they don't. Yeah. They're not that common. Um, what else? I think that we would have the music from Skies of Arcadia. That's good because it's just such like beautiful and adventurous, and I feel like that's the kind of expanse I would want in this Western game too, where you really feel like you're on this epic, grand adventure as opposed to being like this really. I feel like if you infuse Guys of Arcadia music with a Western theme, is what I would go for. You know, I I could I I could see that um, fitting. However. I think I would want the graphics of Shadow Hearts to mm-hmm. kind of keep with that realistic flair. Um, right. And one thing that I think that while or Shadow Hearts does really well for the first one, I think it still used um, pre-rendered backgrounds, which... I don't know about how you guys feel about that in games, but that's one of my favorite things. In... Yeah. I mean, Casey likes it. He picked Chrono yeah, that, that's, RPGs. That's like, the word. I was couldn't think of it earlier. Like a pre-rendered background? Yeah. I kept um, saying like yeah. static background. So I think that it would be something that I would want to see for characters and whatnot. Um, I think I would do Earthbound. And I think... Mm-hmm. All of the characters would be Mr. Saturn's, <laughs> which okay. I think would be really adorable. So just all of the hu- like human beings would be Mr. Saturn's. The monsters could be monsters and whatnot, but I think everything would be a Mr. Saturn because that would be. Would all the text boxes be weird text boxes too? <laughs> yeah, their their dialogue would be the strangest, weirdest thing you've ever seen in your entire life, and then. Excellent. For gaming mechanics, um, I really like Shadow Hearts's um <clears throat> turn wheel. Oh yeah, you showed me that. Yeah, before. so cool. like where you have to mm-hmm. hit the button at the right time to make sure that you're doing the attack, and you have this little slot to determine if you're going to do a critical hit or not. I think that is huge. So mm. yeah, I think this is good. So it's Earthbound characters, Wild Arms setting, Skies of Arcadia music, and Shadow Hearts um gaming mechanic and graphics and we're gonna call it oh red dead saturn (laughs) (laughs) is there a is there a colon red dead saturn colon or just Uh, no how about red dead arcadia saturn goes west oh i like that i love it Saturn. Go- I'm imagining the cover is Mr. Saturn with just a wild he, he, west. He looks, on. he looks like Fifle. <laughs> <laughs> He's his shirt is too big. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, very, very um, much so that. So yeah, this is the game that everyone's going to buy. It's on sale in like three weeks. Yes, I put a, a really short that game. development time. 
<laughs> It'll show in the quality. Well, as always, uh, in case he's here now too, we always give developers such amazing ideas. They just need to listen to this podcast and they would just print gold. And you can have that. For Swear free. to God, in 10 uh, years, it's, you're, we're going to see, gonna see one, Red, Red Dead one Saturn. Of games, <laughs> one of these games. I, I would literally I play fucking an MMORPG. <laughs> what? <Just that. laughs> in 10 years. Okay, gonna exactly. E3 is going to be back. It's going to be called E4. And we're going to see uh-huh. one of these games. Motherfuck. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but uh, we want to hear what you would make. What kind of video games would you like to do? And, and RPGs would you throw in together to make your wildest dream RPG? Uh, tell us your thoughts, uh, like we said, over on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we also have Discord. We'd love to hear your thoughts over there, too. So hit us up on Discord. And uh, you can support us on patreon.com slash rpgamer. There, we'd love to hear what your thoughts are on that as well. And you can support the channel. And, and what more would you really like? And we got some merch coming out this month, too. If you enjoyed listening to us today, be on the lookout for our final episode of the season post-game Ooh. content coming out in two weeks. Also, be sure to check out our content on our YouTube. Casey and I are continuously putting out YouTube videos and reviews. And Jason and I and Casey and I both stream throughout the week, so you can always look for our stuff on there. As usual, we appreciate you all for listening. Hope you had a great time. Now go out there and get gaming.